Hey gang, Kevin Goatee, gutting the sacred cow. Listen, this week I'm ecstatic to tell you that we have Michael Price, who writes for The Simpsons and F is for Family on our podcast, and he has chosen to do Batman Returns. Yeah, a lot of you guys were on Twitter saying, hey, how great Batman Returns is, and Michael Price, wow, he makes a lot of great points. Before we get to the episode, few things. One, guttingthesacredcow.com every day. We do blogs every single day, different articles every day. Go join our mailing list. Why? Because you get 15% off our merch shop, which allows you to get a hat, bag, mug, whatever, on the cheap. Just do that. Please help us keep the lights on. That's all we're asking for. We're not trying to go all Hollywood yet. That's in the cards, but hopefully sooner than later. Next, if you have not done so, please, please write a five-star, give us a five-star rating and a two-sentence review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. This is so dumb, but it helps us. It gets us more traction. It gets us more audience, of course, and it gets us more advertisers. So just And of course, if you are looking to advertise, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. We change it. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Email us if you want to sponsor, if you want to advertise with us so we can help build your business up, your services up, or whatever. Thank you so much for your support. Cannot thank you enough. You guys are the best. Take care. Gather round is what I know. It's just that this Hey everybody, we're gonna get laid. Kevin Israel, you do this to me every week. Um, was that Revenge of the Nerds? You know, I love nothing more to do than come to your house and set fire to not knowing this film. Oh it, no, what? was that Caddyshack? Yes, come on. Even Mike, I knew it was one. I knew it was one of those. <laughs> I've never seen Caddyshack, and I know that that's from Caddyshack. <laughs> Our guest today is Mike Price, who has who, uh, The Simpsons under his belt, and F is for Family. And you mean to tell me a comedy writer does not sing Caddyshack? Son of a bitch, we're off on the right, wrong foot already, Mike. That's in my hole. That's in my hole of movies that I've missed somehow. Oh, for the record, if you could have done it a little in the tone. No, because that's a dead giveaway, for Christ's <laughs> sakes. Michael Price is our guest today, as I had mentioned. F is for family, The Simpsons. What's my favorite Simpsons episode, Mike? I'll be glad to tell you. It is the one where Homer sticks a crayon in his nose. By far and away, my all-time favorite. And second, uh, will you take me to Mount Splashmore? Will you take me to Mount Splashmore? Will you take me to Mount Splashmore? (laughs) Line Inspector coming through. Line Inspector coming through. Those were the golden. Oh, man. By far my favorite ones. Kevin Israel, what is your favorite Simpsons episode? You know what? I haven't watched The Simpsons in a while. I grew up, I mean, I grew up in the, I mean, the, I think The Simpsons started when I was in seventh grade or eighth grade. Yeah, sixth grade. And I am 44. Uh, so it, it always felt like like part of my youth. Like I remember everyone wearing the the, uh, the Bart Simpson shirts. Don't have with, a cow, man. With, with all of his different sayings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I lost track over the years. I, I, if if something lasts longer than than five seasons, I just lose track. 
I have I have a short attention span. <laughs> I can and, say. and The Simpsons has gone way past five seasons. Yeah, we're times, 30, yeah, we're about to start thirty two, season thirty two in the fall. I was God just gonna say times six. And I have seen <laughs> every single episode of The Simpsons and the That's movie. Nice. Uh, movie was great. Love the movie. But Michael Price is our guest today. That's right, kids. Gutting the Sacred Cow. That's right. Why bury the, let's bury the lead of the show right in the first five minutes, right? Gutting the Sacred Cow. Thanks again for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed all of our previous episodes. Tia Fabi doing um, Batman versus Superman. We also had, uh, what, Anthony Akumi doing Face Off. The list goes on. Check him out. And be sure, if you have not done so, give us a five-star rating and a two- or three-sentence review on whatever podcast platform you are on or a five-star rating on every episode that we are on on YouTube. So that being said, we now have a streak forming, Kevin Israel, as Michael Price has selected to do another comic book film in, in two in two weeks for us. As, as you hear this, we've done Batman and Superman last week, and now Michael Price has selected Batman Returns. Is this our second Batman movie? It is. Yes. Batman Begins was our first one. Batman Returns is our second one. Do you want to call Batman Superman a third? No, I do not because it is a piece of shit. Although that was supposed to to be considered a Batman movie. Glad it wasn't. Very glad (laughs) it wasn't. It's barely a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Was that the truth? Batman that. Returns, 1992. Where were you? Uh, here's my answer. I was a uh, freshman, coming out as a freshman in high school, seeing this puppy. A budget in 1992 of $80 million with a haul of $282 million. Translate that into $2020, a budget of $146 million with a box office haul of $515.3 Million. Pretty good. Not too bad. Next up, the rating system. IMDB is a 1 through 10 score, as you know, Kevin Israel. But we're going to ask Mike Price, Mike, IMDB, including decimal points, what did Batman Returns score? Oh, boy, I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing around a 7. Kevin Israel. Uh, I'm going to say an 8-1. I'm going to say that Mike Price wins both showcases because he hit that fucker dead nuts on. <laughs> wow, I did not know that. This is, the second, not know. this is the second week in a row we've had someone nail it dead nuts on. In fact, last week, all three of you, uh, Tia and Kevin, both got it all three right. Next up, Rotten Tomatoes score critics. What did they score? Batman Returns. Hmm. I'm going to put it around the same critics at the time. Uh, no, they're still they're cumulative. Or these cumulative. Yeah, cumulative. yeah I still I have, say probably in the 70s, somewhere in the 74. Four. Kevin. Hey, 62. Eight zero. 80 for wow. critics. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Did not expect that. I even found a few reviews toward later on when we do the critics five-star reviews of uh, written just only two days ago. So. Wow. <laughs> A little late to the party, I think, but okay. <laughs> Someone's trying to fill up uh, their blog spaces. Audience score. We'll go with Kevin, you first. What did Batman Returns get with the audience? I think people really love this movie, so I'm going to say an 87. Mike? Yeah. Even when I saw it, people were like, <laughs> uh, yeah, 83. 73. Audience Ooh, lower wow. than the critics. Wow. wow. Shocking. Okay. Especially for a superhero film, that... 
floored me. Now, our next favorite section, quotes. I have two. It's true I was their number one son, but they treated me like number two. Also known as Rodney Dangerfield's line from back to school at the very ending. Just wanted to point that out. The second one, I believe the word you're looking for is, ah! (laughs) Kevin Israel, any quotes jump out at you? Uh, Two. Um, Ah, just the pussy I was looking for. I debated about putting that one too, (laughs) but too easy. And, uh, and... Uh, this is this is a, a two quote. Uh, Wayne, why are you dressed up as Batman? He is Batman, you idiot. Mm. Mike, any quotes yeah. from you? Quotes, boy, you know, yeah, the one about the pussy—that was one I was going to pull out. <laughs> there's another one where it says, "It's incredible." I'll, when I get into my rant in a few minutes, it's incredible how times have changed. This is a PG-13 movie with the word poontang in it. But I think uh, either uh, Danny DeVito or, or Christopher Walken mentions poontang at one point. Uh, so that, I don't know the exact quote, but let's say that line with poontang in it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, boy, that's about it. I think it was the penguin who said it. The penguin, yeah. 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 You sure it wasn't Alfred the butler? I'm just going to double check. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Wayne, are you going out on the town for some poontang? (laughs) I pressed your condoms for you, sir. I did not get dirty poontang on your Wayne Manor-esque penis. Please don't mess in the bat suit again. It's incredibly hard to clean. The last time you brought a lady home, I had to clean coos juice off the Batmobile hood. (laughs) I just wanted to shoehorn the word coos juice in there. Sorry. Yeah, thanks. We're all disgusted. Five fun facts. Five fun facts, five fun facts. Kevin Israel, this is my all-time favorite batch of five fun facts I've ever assembled on our 30-plus episodes of this podcast. It doesn't surprise me because I know some crazy shit happened to get this movie done, so lay it on us. Would you? I'm not even going to let you take a guess on who had to play out who had to pull out of playing Catwoman because she found out she was pregnant, Annette Benning. Really? That's what I said. Who else was considered for the role? Madonna? Nope. Cher? Nope. <laughs> Raquel Welch? From what, a fucking wheelchair? <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee? Sure. Bridget Fonda? Sure were just some of the names in contention for the role. But, of course, no one was more distraught on missing out than Sean Young, the actress who actually turned up to the production offices in a homemade Catwoman uh, outfit to demand an audition. Why did they say no to Sean Young? Because she had her Ray Finkel prosthetic penis sticking out from behind. (laughs) I was about to say, who is Sean Young? (laughs) Number two. Named after Nosferatu actor Max Schreck, Batman Returns all-human villain was played by Christopher Walken, but none other than David Bowie was his name the producers first had in mind. I could see that. The musical icon who took a role in what film? Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. Never saw it. This is not the first time that Walken took a film role passed on by David Bowie. The first... Max Zorin in the shittiest James Bond ever made a view to a kill. Wow. I feel like Bowie was probably approached for a lot of movies. Yeah, how about the success of Labyrinth, which was terrible, and they're making a <laughs> sequel to that. Jesus. Everything old is new again. 
Harvey Dent slash Two-Face eventually appeared in Batman Forever, and the Dark Knight Aaron Eckhart was supposed to show up first in Batman Returns. His disfiguring, though, was supposed to occur in the finale after Catwoman kisses him with a taser to the face, setting the wheels in motion for events in the third film. But Two-Face was written out of the final script. But Billy D. Williams wasn't Harvey, Harvey Dent. Yes. Billy D. Williams played Harvey Dent. Yeah, in the, in the first, first one. one. Yep. Yeah. Now, get, hold on your potatoes, Dr. Jones. Want to take a guess who was cast as Batman, who was supposed to be in Batman Returns? Hint, black guy. Another hint, part of a very large family. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Mike, a guess? A Wayans is... Yes, Marlon Wayans. Really? In for, did you know this, Mike, or no? No, I, I, I read Wikipedia the other day, too, and I, I <laughs> basically remember that. He also he actually got measured for a suit but never got to wear it when the sidekick was rested due to the film having too many characters. Oh, he was supposed to be Robin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been. Can you imagine his other his poor <laughs> S, poor SW1 Sean Wayne was like, "God damn it, why couldn't that have been me?" <laughs> Burgess Meredith who played the penguin in a cartoonish 60s TV series signed on to play the role of Oswald's Cobblepot's father, Tucker Cobblepot, but the aging star fell ill shortly before filming and had to be replaced by Pee Wee Herman, who also reprised the role for the TV series of Gotham. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He, uh, he's a creepy looking dude. But he's funny as fuck. <laughs> he is funny, though. That, did you see Pee Wee on Broadway? It was on, they played on HBO. If you have HBO on demand, if they still have it, I highly recommend you watch it if you're a fan of Pee Wee's Playoffs. And Pee-wee's is it guy. is it is it reminiscent of his original live show? A hundred percent. This is the one time my wife. The t- well, yeah, we were dating, and she's like, "Do you want to go see this?" I go, "I, I hate plays. I fucking hate them." And I was said, "This is the closest I'm going to get, but I'm going to say no." Then when it was played on HBO, I go, "Son of a bitch! I should have went because they have the secret word, and and the audience is screaming out the secret word." Shit! I go, "That's it right there. That would be worth the price of admission." <laughs> Hell with 5,000 other maniacs, a secret word. But we're not here to talk about Pee-wee's Playhouse and Pee-wee jerking off in a porn theater. We're here to hear Michael Price come on and talk about Batman Returns. And it's now his turn to gut Gut. the The sacred sacred cow. Well, to go from uh, you mentioning Pee Wee Herman jerking off in a porn theater, this movie was basically Tim Burton jerking off in every movie theater in America. Uh, you know, I loved the very first Batman movie. I, I was a huge fan of Batman as a kid. Like, I'm a little bit older than you guys, so I remember the Adam West Batman show was like my favorite thing ever as a kid. So I never read the comic books. Uh, I knew a guy in college who was really into Batman comics, and I'd say, oh, I love Batman, like Adam West. He's like, no, that's bullshit. That sucks. He was really into the comic books and like Frank Miller and all that stuff. So I didn't know anything. The movie, the original movie, fantastic. I went to see it in New York when it opened in 89. I loved it. I couldn't wait for this one. By the time this one came out, I was living in L.A. Uh, I just moved to L.A., and I was so excited about it. I thought it was going to be great. And I went to see it pretty much the weekend that it opened. I went to the, I saw it at the Chinese, Grauman's Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard with a big crowd and everybody was loving it. And I just was like, holy 
this is the biggest piece of shit I think I've ever seen. I was so disappointed. And it really was, I think, because I was a big fan of Tim Burton until this moment, too, because he had made the Pee Wee, two Pee Wee movies, right? Uh, no, he and, did one. Uh, he did one. Big oh, time. Right. Pee Wee was not Tim Burton. Yeah. Beetlejuice I really liked. Uh, he maybe did Edward Scissorhands by now. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, yeah it was, you did. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, 90. And that, that was fine. I liked that fine. It was good. But I thought the first Batman was tremendous. And I loved the design of it and all that. And Nicholson was great. I even liked Michael Keaton, even though at the time people were upset. Like, who's this, who's this idiot Michael Keaton playing Batman? But he was great. My only problem with the original movie was Robert Wool. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Robert Wool. So I was like, what is this guy doing in Batman? But, Robert uh, Wall. Robert Wall's a Facebook friend of mine. He actually oh. comments on some of my posts. I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, love you and uh, love you and Arliss, man, <laughs> and Batman. Good job. He was really good in uh, <laughs> Bull Durham and stuff. You know, yeah. he's fine. He's fine. But I was yeah. like, what is he doing in this Batman movie? Anyway, um, and I was so disappointed in this movie. And it really was, like I said, uh, to me, it was like they just let Tim Burton like get away with whatever he wanted to do. He just indulged himself. It's just so self-indulgent. It's so Tim. It's like the Tim Burtoniest Tim Burton movie of all Tim yes. Burton movies. It's like just all this crazy weird shots and like Danny Elfman. Uh, I mean, Danny Elfman. He created. He wrote the theme song to The Simpsons. So I work at The Simpsons. It's an amazing theme song. His music for Pee Wee was great, but this was just like just pouring it on with all the do 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 and like that like heavenly choir and every shot and every shot it starts with like that kind of like you can't see what I'm doing but it's like if you're listening to this it's kind of drifting over stuff and these long tracking shots and it's just like endless 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 just Tim Burtoning it and then there's no Batman in it for like the first half hour it's all about Penguin's origin story which really makes no difference at all I mean he's a plus I mean looked at it from I mean, from today's viewpoint, it's really coming out strong against like calling him a freak. And he's just, you know, it's just really distasteful, I think, in a way. But it's just so the movie itself is just so long. There's so I found, I found it incredibly tedious and boring. I think I fell asleep during it. I went to like a late like a 10 o'clock show. I remember. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, where is it? Where is it? Where's the good stuff? Batman doesn't show up for like the first 15 or 25 minutes. And then he just shows up kind of kind of there but it's really all about fetishizing all over danny devito and you know i mean every i'll say this i mean who am i i'm just a guy i, I write a tv show i mean all these people have had massive i'm just a guy who writes on the longest running yeah, tv right, show in the I mean, history of mankind not, i give you a little more credence academy, than that i've never won academy never nominated for i've never even worked in movies i, I worked in the Simpsons movie a little bit but still like <laughs> what a humble brag this is the humblest brag yeah, of humble, all humble, time humble. i'll tell you a humble brag about that about the simpsons movie later on if you want i'm all ears oh yeah i'm all ears um, but uh you know i mean these all uh, you know these people have had amazing careers uh dan devito was great in taxi uh he's great in all sunny philadelphia right now but i think he's so terrible in this movie and I, he's really terrible in almost every movie uh one of my favorite i'm gonna go off on a little bit of a tangent one of my favorite movies of the last 25, 30 years is L.A. Confidential. Yes. So, so underrated. I love it. But to me, Danny DeVito almost destroys that movie for me because he's like from a, he's in a whole other thing. And it's like every time he was on screen, I just wanted to like just like turn, turn it off. And I guess now I can fast forward if I'm watching it. He just took me out of it. And this was like he's in this makeup. He's, he's so he's so dis disgusting. He's got like fish guts coming out of his yeah. mouth the whole time. And it's all this stuff. And for some reason, he's got like his 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 minions are 
are the most Tim Burton-y thing of all time, like mm-hmm. evil clowns. It's like, that's so, even then it was lame. You're now it's super lame to have evil clowns, but that was even like all these <laughs> weird evil clowns doing somersaults and like, who, who cares? Why would, why would evil clowns hook up with this weird penguin? And it makes no sense. And they don't even mention the Joker. Right, yeah, the Joker is like, forget him. You know, he's just gone. They, it they was like the king clown. That's exactly right. Yeah, those guys should have worked for the Joker. Uh, and and one of the one of the guys in the in the Penguins group is this guy, one of the great character actors ever. This guy Vincent Chiavelli, mm-hmm. uh, who was on uh, a million things. He's the guy playing the organ grinder, With the Gatling gun. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Gatling gun. And he's a great actor. He's totally wasted. Um, I, I found out by quite by accident looking at it that one of the guys in that group is this guy named Doug Jones is a great actor who I met once who, uh, he's the guy that's in all the Guillermo del Toro movies now. And he played in Pants Labyrinth. He was the guy with the eyes and he's, he played the fish guy in the shape of water. Oh, wow. This is one of his first movies. He's in that wasted, you know, and, and then you got Christopher Walken. It's so funny because it's been a long time since I've seen Christopher Walken or anything where it's not just. Christopher Walken like doing an imitation of himself (laughs) people doing an imitation of Christopher Walken so when you have a whole movie of Christopher Walken it's too much it's like too much Christopher Walken it was like enough with the Christopher Walken already because he's like this he's he's so Christopher Walken in it it's it's insane like it's like it's it's literally like someone doing a bad Christopher Walken impersonation in this movie and he's in this crazy fright wig and and like you said it's a it's this homage to this guy who is an Osferato who cares Max Shrek, like, and he's got this weird son who I think is supposed to be like Donald Trump. His son, Max Shrek's son, looks looks a little bit like Trump. Uh, and reminded me back in those days, there were a lot of Trump versions in movies, like in Gremlins too. There's a guy who's based on Donald, like Donald Trump was kind of like a character. Daniel yeah, something right. was a character uh, named Daniel, Daniel Clamp. That's Daniel it. Clamp played hey, by yes. John Glover. So it's all and it's all weird and like it's so it's 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 so the combination of the plot contrivances are so contrived and like it's all about getting the penguin to run for mayor but then he doesn't get it and then then he then he becomes a real villain where he's gonna he's gonna kidnap all the firstborn sons of everybody in gotham city but he never he kind of does it but it's all makes no sense and then you then you've got catwoman who is the greatest character one of the greatest characters in the history of batman and was so great on the tv show with julie newmar playing it and other people played eartha kid and and here it's like michelle pfeiffer and again it starts off with this super lame trope of her, like the most beautiful woman in Hollywood playing this like frumpy thing with glasses and like, Oh, I'm spilling the tea and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, she's Michelle Pfeiffer, you know? And then, and then it's like, she lives all alone and she's lonely and whatever. And she's dumped on. And then, and then because, I mean, the guy's awful to her, of course he throws her out a window and stuff. (laughs) And because all these cats come to her, suddenly she's Catwoman, And then there's like a 10 minute, montage of her making her cat suit sitting at a sewing sitting at a sewing machine you don't need to see that like all right she made a cat it reminds me a little bit of uh in the in this the first star trek movie when they spend 30 minutes like going around the enterprise it's the same thing it's it's like just like who needs who cares and then she's she's alternately i guess i guess the idea was that she's she's been driven crazy about what happened to her but she's alternately like super bad. Suddenly, suddenly this woman who was just like, couldn't even like pour a cup of tea is now like doing hand flips and kicking, kicking ass and kicking Batman's Son ass. Son of a bitch. It's like my first thing in my notes about this whole thing yeah. when she becomes Catwoman. But go ahead. Yeah, I'll get to yeah. that in a second. But then, right. but, then, but then she's back to herself again and she's at parties and she has like a relationship with, with Bruce Wayne and it's that whole thing about neither one knows that they are who the secret identities are. But it seems completely like they were trying to say something about 
feminism or something about women, women being powerful, but it ended up being a, a complete mishmash. And she was, I found her incredibly boring and, and just kind of like the most obvious kind of like moves and all that stuff. And all the cat jokes were just, you didn't like that line where she saves the girl and goes, you just make it so easy, don't you? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, blaming, I even remember when I saw blaming. that in the theater, I was like, what she's, is she saying? What is the point of what she just she's, said? She's victim shaming and everything, yeah. you know, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know what they were trying to do. And then there's all these penguins, like real penguins. And at the end, when, when the penguin dies, there's like this penguin funeral that's clearly guys and guys and penguins. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. And it's so, I don't know. It's just, it just completely just, it's so gross. It's so overdone. It's so, it's, it's totally like, that's what happens sometimes with a sequel to a big movie. A movie's a big hit. Like, I think the people in Hollywood feel like, well, the second one has to be bigger. So we'll have two villains and we'll do this and that, you know, but like it just completely lost the charm of the first one. The first one I would, I would go watch it tonight and still, still enjoy Nicholson is so good in it. And the Batman part of it is so good. And this is just like, they just let Tim Burton go, go crazy. And I, I read a little bit in Wikipedia about it started out and he replaced the original screenwriter with the screenwriter that he liked. And so he told them Nick, do this, 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 and this, and they gave him complete control. And he needed somebody like sitting there saying, no, don't do this. This yeah. is not going to work. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, there you have it. It just, and it just felt like, and I watched it on uh, TV, like uh, I rented it on, on uh, Amazon and I watched it again. It was sort of like, it was sort of like my original experience because I fell asleep in the middle of it again. <laughs> uh, I was watching it on my couch, but uh, yeah, it's just, ugh. it's just, ugh. it's just like, maybe uh, you're narcoleptic, maybe. Mike. I don't know. I could be, that could be. <laughs> uh, and then it was like three years before they made the next one with Jim Carrey. And I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, I thought that was very fun. Wow. Really? I, I wouldn't say it was the greatest Batman movie ever. To me, the greatest I would never put that ever. great in that same sentence. It of that film ever. I remember it being, I remember it being fun and like, sort of like, okay, we're going to, we're going to just lose the brooding, like the kind of darkness of the, of the Tim Burton stuff. And like, we'll have it like more, a little more of a fun kind of Batman thing. I remember thinking that it was fun at the movies that night. Uh, I mean, the best Batman movie to me is, is um, the one with Heath Ledger. I guess that's called The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, without question, uh, without question. That's unbelievably great. Yeah. But, um, but this one almost made me just give up on everything, and it gave me give up on Tim Burton. I think, I think a Nightmare, on everything. The Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas came out maybe somewhat right after this, do you know? Uh, it was after it, yeah. It was yeah, yeah. And that one, it was... That's one that I still can't believe that people like. I, I, can't, I can't really I've never that at all. Never seen that I've never seen that yet. I've never seen that. I and saw I just it once. Saw... I saw it in the theater. Yeah, and yeah, I just and saw two weeks ago Edward Scissorhands, and I said, this is boring. I was not crazy yeah. about Edward Scissorhands. Not a fan. Yeah, I think. But I love Big Fish. Me. Big, I love Big Fish. That Big was Fish. Like, I liked. Yeah. I liked Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. I liked uh, a couple of those other movies. I liked Alice. Yeah, the, the, I remember the thinking Charlie, Sleepy Hollow was Willy long. Wonka one. I thought was fun in a way. Had its had its charms, but uh, this was just ugh. And Nightmare Before Christmas was just like uh, I don't know. Is again same thing with Danny Elfman again, who's a massive success and like you know could buy and sell me a hundred times over. But it's just like. I don't know. It's the same kind of like same kind of stuff. And it, I can't understand like Disney really embraced it. And now if you go to Disneyland, well, whenever Disneyland, you know, reopens again, but they, they, they've turned the haunted mansion at Christmas time into like the nightmare before Christmas. And then they really just do it up with all that. And it's like, I, to me, it's inexplicable, but people still all these years later have a real affinity for that movie, but I don't at all. So 
So not a fan of Batman Returns. <laughs> no, I don't like Batman Returns. They almost said, return me my money. Yeah. <laughs> at the bar <laughs> All right. Any other points you wanted to hit across? I want to make sure I give you as much time no, as you want to. No, I mean, just, just such a waste of, of great people, of good stuff, you know. And just, it is amazing to me, like you mentioned those jokes about just the pussy I've been looking for. It's incredible to me how, uh, how much times have changed. If that was a PG-13 movie, and there's really a lot of crazy, like, dark violence in it but like real dark sexual stuff that i couldn't believe and i think that's the way the way things were back then because I, I just a, a little bit of a sidebar i had a halloween party for my son and his friends when he was in high school when he was like 13 and we put on beetlejuice i remember beetlejuice being really funny and it is but that's also got full of like you know like say people saying shit and fuck whatever like that it's like it just it was a different time back then where you could say that stuff there's like a pg-13 kids movie that was a, there's PG a great movie actually that was pg beetlejuice wow yeah there's a great video on youtube and i believe it's called what happened to pg-13 and it talks about how the origin of pg-13 which was because of indiana jones temple, right. um, temple of doom they wanted to you know they wanted to be able to do a little more and they wanted to be able to get a little edgier of a rating, so they created that for it. And PG-13, originally, you were able to do a lot with PG-13, like you, see, like you said, like you see in these movies. And then PG-13 slowly got more and more watered down because producers realized kids didn't want to see PG movies. It was, it was kind of embarrassing. But they couldn't do what they wanted to do with some of these movies, so they just watered down PG-13 so kids could be like, well, I'm seeing a PG-13 movie. But really, it's basically what was a PG movie now. And so now you're either doing it. Now it's basic. PG and PG-13 are basically the same thing. And then it's just R. So you have no. Uh, those, the, 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 the separation between those has become irrelevant, basically. Farewell, NC-17. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> Besides Showgirls, can we all think of an NC-17 one? I was just going to say, what I, I forgot Showgirls was NC-17. I can't think of any other one. Saw it in the dollar theater. Had no shame in maybe, saying that Maybe Eyes Wide Shut when it first came No, that was R. That was R. Uh, I saw that. Well, saw you know, that's a really funny thing, because we put this in The Simpsons where, where – uh, there's all those orgy orgy scenes, you know, where uh, in order to get it released in the United States, they had to digitally put in people who were like blocking the, <laughs> if you watch it now, like you'll see there's all these digitally inserted guys in the dark robes that are literally like standing in front of the naked people. <laughs> and so we, we put a, we, we did a Simpsons a couple of years ago where it was the uh, Halloween episode that had a, a sh uh, like a eyes wide shut thing where Mr. Burns was like the head of the sex cult. And he said like, bring in more sex blockers. But that was a, uh, that was my <laughs> Kevin Israel, I'd like to go first, if you don't mind, with my notes. Please. This was Pee-wee's first gig since beating off in a movie theater, which wasn't the worst atrocity he had in a movie theater, as that honor goes to Big Top Pee-wee, which I can deem as war crimes in the, in the Hague awful. Why? What parents are pushing their kids through a snowfall in a park on Christmas night? Savages, that's who. Danny, I'm making a Simpsons writer laugh, Kevin. I'm taking every minute of this and fucking rolling. I, I'm, I'm glad we can't see below your waist. <laughs> In my hands. My hands are up. Danny Elfman goes on Mount Rushmore for movie score artists. Let's discuss. John Williams, number one, without question. Hans Zimmer, number two. Elfman, number three. We can all debate number four. I'm open to interpretation, but those three are etched in stone on Mount Rushmore. Is there anything dopier than a tree lighting ceremony? Click. We're done. Oh, by the way, let's do this again in this film. And boom, tricked again. <laughs> Boring. 
I wonder if Christopher Walken knew that Tim Burton had envisioned a Max Shrek with a Beethoven haircut. It's like this hair. Wow. It's like a symphony connect conducted with a baton. The work of my walking. I wonder if women watch this film now are going to throw tomatoes the way Christopher Walken says Michelle Pfeiffer isn't housebroken, but she makes a hell of a cup of coffee. You mentioned uh, Max Shrek's son, Chip, who to me looks like Zed from Pulp Fiction and Jeff Bridges had a kid, but speaks like Christopher Walken. <laughs> Dad, the, fa- the masses are waiting downstairs. I'm so glad you said that. Thank you. He only, I think he had like four lines in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And he must have spent seven weeks working on his walk-in. And he couldn't pull off a third-week comics walk-in impression. Yeah, right. And it doesn't get more walk-in than when walk-in had to improvise his speech. Santa Claus, afraid not. I'm just a poor <laughs> schmuck just got lucky. <laughs> Kevin, remember the Batman Returns game on Super Nintendo? It was fucking great. Just wanted to shout that out. If you have Super Nintendo Classic, I do, download it. I do remember it, yeah. It's awesome. Let's talk about Commissioner Gordon. How useless is he in this series? Gary Oldman's a badass in the, in the Nolan trilogy. It's like, uh, Christopher, Commissioner Gordon, uh-oh, crime, sending the cops. Didn't work? Hit the signal. Does he do the same thing with his wife? Oh, I can't satisfy her anymore. Hit the signal. Maybe Batman can get this dusty beaver going. There is no better casting choice than Danny DeVito for the Penguin, bar none. This was something that did not make my bo- my five fun facts. When he, ready to sitting down? Yes, you guys are. Marlon Brando was considered to play the fucking Penguin in this film. Ready? I would have loved to see that movie. Who else? John Candy, mm, Bob, yeah. Bob Hoskins. Okay. I can see that. Dean Martin, can you can you swing an can you swing an umbrella and hold a martini at the same time? Hey, Pally. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd, aka Doc Brown, and sure. the Judge from Roger Rabbit, and Dustin Hoffman, who is the size of a penguin, ironically. Yeah, I I, Dustin, I could see Dustin Hoffman might have been a, Hoffman. that might have been a good movie. I, I yeah. think De- DeVito was a clear cut winner. He's a short, fat guy. He's got that build. Not much, <laughs> not much prosthetics needed for DD. I'll tell you that. <laughs> explain to me this why does tim burton play with the source material and, and always manipulate the origin stories of batman and the villains all right well especially not the villain not batman I take the back the villains we all know joker did not fall in a vat of acid he was just a, a regular regular guy killing people killed his parents the penguin was a criminal not a just a, not a not a not a penguin boy from a from a traveling circus and as you mentioned, Selena Kyle is a homely nerd who gets bitten by a cat and then suddenly learns martial arts and acrobatics. The only thing she should inherit is feline AIDS, which is how you should describe the Halle Berry Catwoman film, Feline AIDS. <laughs> That's the Debbie Downer, uh, Debbie Downer music. Speaking of Selena Kyle, you mean to tell me she can't afford a better apartment that doesn't have a Murphy bed, for Christ's sakes? No wonder she's single. Oh, and she also fails with flying colors, the stuffed animals test. More than two means she's a psychopath. Box checked. Does Max Shrek always rock around with a cigar in his pocket? Is his idol Hannibal from the A-team? I mean, where where was he? I love it when a plan comes together. Why does you really got to work on your walking impression, man? It's not good. I know. I'm just I'm going for context, not sound. 
I should have had Jay Moore sit here next to me and do this for me as I read it. The jokes are there. It's just the, the tonation is off. Why does Batman talk in a Batman voice when it's just him and Alfred on the Batmobile mobile phone? Is he all Meisner all the time? <laughs> you know, there's one scene too where he just he gets all dooted up in the Batmos in the Batsuit in the Batmobile to drive downtown to look through a window. Yeah, yeah. he sees the, he sees the penguin like looking at a library. And then he goes home again. You, you know what? Though, in place. fairness. If I had that Batmobile, I would drive it the fuck everywhere. Right. That is the best, best Batmobile of all of yeah. the Batmobiles. Yeah. Without question. It got really cartoonish and focused way more on the wardrobe this time, which unfortunately planted the seed in Schumacher's head to get 4,900 buckets of neon paint and throw it over the backgrounds for both of Schumacher's Batman films. <laughs> And by the way, Kevin, I said this before not too long ago. Here we are, the 90s, or as I call it, the beginning of the quote, one car crashes and four other cars who have plenty of time to stop but don't pile up on top of each other. How many times do I have to see this in films? Does this stop? Can it stop? It's called a rear-end train, not to be confused Ooh. with the other kind of rear-end train. The one that P.B. Herman was watching in the, in the theater? <laughs> How did the Red Triangle gang get the schematics to the Batmobile? Because this now opens a whole Pandora's box of questions. We know Bruce Wayne cannot build a Batmobile by himself or make a Batcave. Who makes these things for them? How does he keep these low, these, all these workers quiet and loyal not to have to sell the plans off or give secrets and shit? I want answers. Lucius Fox. That was not explained in this one. But he does not build it. Lucius Fox outsources <laughs> why is every bat cave vastly different in every batman film <laughs> do you ever notice that i yeah. yeah yeah the nine lives aspect with catwoman is cute but i like how with just six hard stomps of the foot batman can knock out a floor panel in a car that can take five thousand bullets and not blink a fucking eye <laughs> All the scenes with the penguins, the penguins must have been torture. You ever been inside a penguin enclosure at a zoo? The penguin shit singes the nostrils worse than any homeless person does in August in the subway. But then again, those penguins real? Those were real penguins? I thought there were some real ones, yeah. Yeah. I thought they were all animatronic. But but then again, Michael Keaton made 10 million bucks. So you know what? Sniff penguin poop for five decades for that kind of money, Michael. That's what I say. (laughs) I will clean up penguin shit for five decades for that kind of money. With your toothbrush. Yes. Why, who didn't tell the, why didn't the audio person tell Tim Burton, you can't scratch a CD and expect to hear a record scratching sound? <laughs> Although now, you, now they have that thing on the iTunes scratchers, and I, thought, I was like, wow, they were ahead of their time. 30, 28 years later, Kevin. <laughs> you can't go back and finish this history, okay? <laughs> The penguins with the rockets things just did not do it for me. You, re- you they lost me there. That, in fact, that last act really lost steam for me. Thankfully, Catwoman's finale is great. Although I did not buy for one second the taser in the mouth, but I would suspect that would be that's what it would feel like if I were to make out with Emily Rajkowski. <laughs> Lastly. I groaned loudly when the penguins pushed the penguin in the water. Then I did a quick Google and found out penguins actually dig holes for their dead and push them in. So this was not hokey horse shit that I expected. So I learned something. Did you really Google that? I did because it said, does this happen? Does this happen? Because I was about to say, this is fucking pandering bullshit. And that's one to grow on. 
<laughs> the more you know, NBC. <laughs> In summary, as Kevin said, this podcast keeps removing the wool of our eyes and showing us things that we initially liked aren't as great as we remember them. Did I like this? Not near as much as I did when it came out. Did I hate it? No. Does it pass the remote test? Mike Price, what the remote test is, is I've devised a simple little theory. If you're flicking around on cable and this film pops up, do you immediately drop your remote and say, I know what I'm doing for the next hour and 45? This film does not sand a few spots at most for me. Tons of cliche dialogue, not near as good as the first one. They went overboard in wardrobe, as I said, and not enough of the story. This film begins the curse of two villains in a film, which is too much. Let's take a quick review. How many Batman movies had one villain in them? Let's do the math. Batman with Nicholson, right? Then this one, of course. The next three all had two. Batman Begins had two, but really focused on Ra's al Ghul and not near as much on Scarecrow. So you want to call that one and a half? Fine. And then The Dark Knight, which was, of course, amazing. And then we're back to two with Dark Knight Rises. The recipe is stop throwing too many villains in these fucking films, which, of course, it's too many cooks in the kitchen for me. The Dark Knight did have Two-Face in it. Yeah, but he... Not really. Yeah, I would say he got created at the end of it. Yeah, He didn't yeah, turn yeah. heel until about 85, 90% in that, in that, in that film, yeah. I thought. Yeah. The Vito and Pfeiffer are without question the highlights for me in this film. They both killed it. Keaton kind of mailed it in because he's cramped oh, with the antagonist. Yeah. Right? You agree? Okay. And there's not near as much romantic angst because with Vicky Vale, he didn't have to worry about two villains. It was Batman, it was a Joker, and it was romantic lead, and you got to learn a little right. bit more about it and see the relationship. Kevin Israel, get ready for it's fine this is just fine six out of ten wow that's generous well so when uh so mike when kevin first told me you were coming on he originally told me you were going to do up i was thinking about that yes i'm not a big fan of that movie either because it scared the shit out of my son and my mom my wife by my mom my wife that is is an oedipus complex complex right there my wife is a huge up fan and when i told her that she was like who the hell is this guy that's a great movie and so i actually forgot that you had then picked batman returns so last night my wife and i watched up and by the end of the movie i was like this guy has no soul (laughs) like my wife was crying i was feeling all mushy inside and i was like this guy's the biggest asshole in the world this is a fantastic movie and so I'll, I, tell you, so I, I'll tell you, I watched it with my son at a, in a hotel room when we were on vacation. And it was like, oh, the new Pixar movie. Let's watch it. And it was like, oh, it's nice. That's, I mean, plus it's like, who, who, what 10-year-old wants to see a thing about an old, a old couple growing old and dying and death? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, then there's balloons in a house. That's fun. And then it's a dog who can talk, all that stuff. And then it became that crazy guy, like, chasing them down, old bitter old <laughs> Carlton Heston dude with a shotgun trying to murder them. That's where it became, like, my son was like, what is this movie about? I was like, I got really, really mad at them. That's First why. of all, I have a question. What the fuck are you doing watching vaca- movies on vacation in a hotel room if you're on vacation? Well, it was a rainy day. It was a rainy okay. day. No, I, 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 I kind of just assumed that. Yeah. Some um, people don't, but go ahead. Anyway, so, anyway, so I, I, I text Kevin to this, this morning. Because I was like, this is going to be a shit episode. Like, he's going to have this completely, like, nobody's going to agree with this guy. Everybody's going to hate him. Nobody dislikes this movie. And Kevin was like, yeah, except he's doing Batman Returns. Remember? And I was like, ah, shit. So, and so I went back. So I watched Batman Returns today. And when, and when he actually initially texted me that you were then choosing Batman Returns, I said, fuck this guy, because I loved Batman Returns. 
And I probably haven't seen Batman Returns. If not since I saw it in the theater when it came out, maybe I'd seen it one more time 15 years ago. So I went into this remembering how much I loved this movie and all the characters. And I thought I remembered all the plot points. And I got to tell you, of movies that do not hold up, this one does not. And I think a lot of it is contributed by uh, the improvement of superhero movies and what we've seen superhero movies become and the level that they've taken them to and and that they don't have to be these cartoony characters of whatever we've seen in the cartoons and the comic books. This movie, I was really surprised. I By the end of this movie, I did not like it at all. Um, I, I, I thought... I like, like Kev said, and I loved Mike, I, like you said, I loved the first one. I loved 1989 Batman. Yeah. It's still, it still is a great movie and it holds up. This was uh, Tim Burton, like just having the chance to do whatever. And listen, if anybody ever gave any of us an unlimited budget and said, do whatever the fuck you want, we would probably make a disaster. We would just go nuts and we would make a disaster. <laughs> and that's what he did. He made the Tim Burtoniest movie that he could make. And it was a mess. And everything about it that I remembered being good was a mess. The Selena Kyle story was a mess. Uh We get it. She's a sad soul. And then she gets saved by cats, which then they took, they took her story and then took it into the Catwoman, Catwoman movie and was like, Hey, that was a good idea. Let's even shit on it more and put this whole Egyptian story behind it. And it just got ridiculous. They had to give her some super natural background which Catwoman never had um and they had to make her basically like a superhero which she really wasn't uh and that whole thing was ridiculous then they also had to give Penguin a a supernatural ish backstory and make him into this monstrous freak Danny DeVito was great in the part but I think the character wasn't written well and he should have just he should have been more of a mob boss type figure who maybe is a little deformed I don't know I don't think that was necessary But they, he just he had, he took everything and was like, I gotta go so far over the other over the deep edge with it. The one thing that cracked me up and and Kev touched on it was uh, Walken's son, uh, whose name and I looked it up Chip, because Chip Shrek, Chip Shrek. Yeah, but no, no, no. The oh, yeah. actor's name oh. is Andrew Brian Brianarski. He, if you ever saw the movie Program, the Program, yep. which was about football, right. he was Latimer in the program who was he was a big roided out dude and the program was all the possible stereotypes in in college football he was the guy on steroids he's a giant jacked dude and uh, my buddies and i and he had a couple hysterical lines that my buddies and i have quoted he's only been in like six or seven he was zangief and street fighter uh, yeah another yeah. abortion film yes <laughs> he, was, he was just that guy that they were like wow. we need a big muscled out freak yeah it, so it was so weird that they cast him as this character because they, I don't know, I, I desperately want to, I want, I, I hope he's still alive because I want to find him and be like, why did you think it was necessary to do the worst Christopher Walken impression yeah. until Kevin Goatee tried doing a Christopher Walken <laughs> impression? Because it was so off-putting and I, I actually rewound it. What's that? Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I actually rewound the movie to listen to his first line again because I thought I was like, he's not doing a Christopher Walken. I was like, holy fuck, he's doing a Christopher Walken. <laughs> and probably, I bet Tim Burton was like, that's great. Do that. You have four lines. Do it all as Walken. 
And if I was Christopher Walken, I would have been like, why the fuck is this guy trying to talk like me? Who talks like their father? That's not a thing. Yeah. Nobody sounds like that's. Sorry, I'm sorry. I think if I remember correctly back then in those days, this was before like Jay Moore even started doing Chris, like people weren't doing Christopher Walken yet the way that everybody does. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You're right. Yeah. So like there wasn't much to go on. Yeah, it was, just, uh, it was just such a strange, off-putting yeah. thing, but it was just one more yeah. piece of this movie that just didn't fit together. I bet uh, you can I ask him. You can say the thing that movie, that movie, the program, actually got people killed, right? Didn't yeah, it? they had to delete the opening scene because that kids were lying, lying down on the highway. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, lying you down can, the roads. Kids in my high school did it, yeah. and the police had to come and arrest them. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, Kevin, you know, when you make you, a movie you, that gets people killed. You can go to a Comic Con for five bucks and ask him to do his Chip Shrek impression as you wait in line with nobody else. <laughs> um, so, and then the, the, the other really off putting thing in this movie was the sexuality. Every now and then, every few scenes, there was just this weird sex themed scenes. Yeah. The scene where she, I guess she puts her hands down Batman's pants, which I don't know how she got her hands down his pants because I always thought his suit was one piece. And he kind of he kind of smiles. I was like, "Oh my god!" No, no, no. She went, she went in the side where his arbor was. There was a break in his armor because maybe he pulls the nail, the, the sewing thing out. Yeah, that wasn't his oh, pants. Yeah. It was like on the side by his. No, if you, I'm pretty it sure they like were. She goes they were straight in in the movie. Is you're right. Yeah, they were suggesting that she was grabbing his dick because uh, he even smiled. He even had this like weird. I was like, ah. But then the scene. Makes like a hard, I think there's like a hard joke or something. She too. does. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. She does make. She makes. I think she makes a couple of hard jokes. It must be hard. Yeah, yeah. Like that, <laughs> waka yeah. waka waka, spinning bat signal on his cow. <laughs> and then that the scene in the uh, in the bed where he, where uh, uh, Penguin makes the your uh, just the pussy I was looking for line. That entire scene should have been cut out. Uh, it was so creepy. They're laying in bed, and then she says, "I want to give myself a shower," and she starts licking herself, and ru- and it's like, "All right, we we fucking get it. You're a cat." Nobody's missing this point. It's not lost on anybody. And she eats the bird and keeps mm-hmm. it in its mouth. And then he goes to kill the cat. And she spits the bird. And she's like having an orgasm while the bird's in her mouth. That whole thing was just so weird. And you can tell Tim Burton just loved all of it. And the, mo- the whole movie was just a mess. I, I went into this thinking that I was going to have the argument that the-, that the character development of the villains was great. And that a lot of DC movies, especially now, have no any character development of their villains. They're just these kind of two-dimensional big bad guys. But the character development in these in this movie was so pointless and so out of left field that it almost felt like they were trying to jam a bunch of different movies together and it ended up a mess. So I, I went into this wanting to say, fuck Mike Price. <laughs> and, I, and I come out of it saying, fuck Tim Burton. He, he, I just destroy, he destroyed my childhood. Everything I remembered about this movie, I ended up hating on the second washing. Actually, fuck you, Mike Price, because I had to watch this movie <laughs> over again. And I ruined my entire memory uh. from 1992. So for me, this movie was an utter disaster. I'll, I'll hold a lot of it up to the fact that so many better super, superhero movies have come along. Um, yeah, it was rough for me to watch. My wife even came down and watched the last 35 minutes of it and was like, Wow, this is really terrible. And I was like, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. You're yeah. right, Kev. the The last act is a mess, mm-hmm. j- just an utter mess. So for me, it th- this was pretty bad, and I give it a four and a half. Mm. Boy, you make you make convince me to push it down to a five. <laughs> <laughs> it's just 
Yeah, six was six was high, man. Six was high. You know what? Fuck it. It's a five, and it's funny. <laughs> You're right. I'll, yes. give you, I'll give you credit. Five. I'll give you credit too, Mike. And it's funny. I put on Facebook today. Like, hey, what'd you guys think of Batman? Batman Returns. A lot of people. You saw the thread, Kev. A lot yeah. of people were like, "Oh, it's so good. It holds up." I said, "When's the last time you watched this? When's the last yeah. time?" Nope. But but you said it too. Though you can't have recency bias. You cannot compare this to the Dark Knight trilogy or any of the Marvel stuff out now. You can't. You have to put it in its own uh, light. But even then, it's still like God. I would, I would still say, as bad as it is, as bad as it is, there was still like you could watch it a little bit and enjoy. Like, oh, there's a thought there. Whatever. The 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 Snydery ones, I I have no use for any of Oof. those. Yeah, they're, they're terrible. All those, all those DC, the, the new DC ones are so terrible and so deadly that uh, I was like, ugh. I will tell you that, to be fair, Shazam is pretty Shazam goddamn is good. Great. Shazam yeah. was great. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, like, I love Wonder Woman. Uh, that was uh, okay. Shazam, I thought Wonder Woman was good. I thought Shazam was good. But anything with Batman or Superman in this new incarnation are just the best. There's just so much pressure on those two characters that they can't, they just, they just can't get out of their own way. Yeah. Well, we good Superman movie and since Christopher Reeve, and those were those aren't great, but at least those are. Well, after two, they were dog shit. Three and four yeah. were just. I didn't even yeah, see three yeah. and four. I just know they're shit. Two was. You great. never saw them? No, I, I never saw three or four. Either. Two was great. Yeah, two was great, and I'm not a Superman. Yeah. I hate Superman. I think Superman's the most boring superhero of them all. But yeah. two is great with the villains. The way the, the, the triumvirate of them. It's not separate villains, but the whole three of them. It's right. it's so great the way they line. did that. Yeah. But who gives a shit? Actually, we give a shit what we think. Let's see what these goddamn critics think in our five-star <laughs> reviews. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews by critics. The first two reviews, guys, were written just mere days ago. Ready? Tim Burton's Batman Returns is a masterpiece, and the tour de force performances for the trio of Michael Keaton, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Danny DeVito are nothing short of iconic. Wow. Batman Returns is a blood red wine that has only gotten better with age. <laughs> All right. My, my big- that was written by Tim Burton. He was old yeah. one night. <laughs> my biggest criticism of Batman Returns it is an overstuffed. Yeah, <laughs> it is an overstuffed narrative. Whether you see Catwoman as a villain or an anti-heroine, there's a lot of moving parts in this movie, and it sometimes seems like no one gets quite the, quite the attention they deserve, which is what I said. Too many cooks spoil the fucking recipe. A perfect Christmas movie for people who hate the holidays and exactly the type of film that modern student, execu- stu- yeah, modern studio executives are paid a small fortune to make sure you'll never see the likes of again. <laughs> if Christopher Nolan never decided to direct a Batman movie, Batman Returns would easily reign as the best film starring the Cape Crusader. I'm going to let that marinate for a moment. Yeah. That's it. And, and now, our top two blowhard asshole critic reviews that prove that they want to seem smart to their community college students. Ready? <laughs> Among the 1990s most fruitful marriages of highbrow altruistic style and pulp source material, a Burton-esque layer cake at bottom, his take on German expressionism, then the Gotham grotesquerie. Topping it all off is a fissuring, fracturing fairy tale. Fuck that guy. 
<laughs> I do like his alliteration. I'm a sucker for alliteration and the rule of three. But I agree. Fuck that guy. And, of course, the next one, which is this one. If you thought that was over the top, it's not really a movie. It's a painting. And Burton is a oh. painter, a heronomous Bosch for our time. The thing seems to come straight from his subconscious and unspool in dream logic. I saw a picture, by the way, I saw a picture of this reviewer. And if you guessed a fat guy with a bushy beard and horn rim <laughs> glasses, go to your freezer and get yourself an ice pop because you boys deserve a treat. <laughs> Critics, one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. Critics one star reviews. <laughs> Batman was no longer torn from the pages of a funny book, but was peeled off the bottom of a pair of Doc Martens. My question is: Does that mean Batman's story was conceived during an agnostic front concert at CBGB's? Okay. The punk fans here. Bigger, louder, more relentlessly action-packed than its predecessor, Batman Returns batters its audience into submission. Once again, Tim Burton ruins the Batman series with overly campy crap. Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is the only saving grace. And our now our blowhard one-star review. Burton's dark, <laughs> melancholy vision is undeniably something to see, but it is a claustrophobic conception, not an expansive one, oppressive rather than exhilarating, and it strangles almost all the enjoyment out of this movie without half trying. Written by yet another long-haired white guy with a Prince Valiant haircut, still wanting to separate himself by yearning for that A-plus from his 10th grade English teacher. <laughs> and now, it's time for the Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon five-star review the booze. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews, five-star reviews. More than anything else, this is a set of ensemble pieces, like a Hell's Kitchen series of American Commedia dell'arte morality plays. Should have read it all in one breath, Kevin. The vitality of the show derives from the rigid confines of its convention. Sure, ambiguous directors, often foreigners, attempt to pull and stretch the animated figures to stuff them with fadistic pseudo-psychological theories of their own. Jeez. Hi, I'm the guy who brings kale chips and Descartes references to a Super Bowl party. <laughs> this guy doesn't get invited to Super Bowl parties. <laughs> Lo if he's an improv troupe, he will. <laughs> I love watching Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer in their roles. They have great on-screen on -screen chemistry. After Michael Keaton filmed this movie, he traveled around to many children's hospitals to visit, visit sick children. One such person was a relative of mine who was hospitalized at the time. He could not respond to Michael as he was healing from surgery, but he still remembers, still remembers Michael visiting his room. My relative and we, I cut and paste, I don't edit, my, my relative and we are very pleased that my, people like Michael Keaton have and do take the time to use their careers as vehicles to make a difference in our world. Kudos, Michael Keaton. Kudos, nice Michael Keaton. I like that. Sounds good. I put together awesome Christmas themes movies as a white elephant gift. The best part was it's now a gift for me too. I bought it in a hurry because it was a great price. I didn't realize it was also digitally downloaded on my Amazon Prime library. Now I have a hard copy to give away and a digital copy for me. Now here's my grocery list. Eggs, maple syrup, and Thorazine. <laughs> this is how Batman should be shown on film The Dark Knight was close, but no cigar This film shows the Batman series at its root Nice and dark 
Close but no cigar. Oh my god. This person can't get hit by a car fast enough. <laughs> Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews now. Amazon one star reviews. One star review. One star review. One star one star reviews. That is a sad, slow movie. Producers said, story, we don't need a story. Just put Batman in the title, and those saps will pay to watch. Signed, Zack Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) It's really bad. Tim Burton should give the money to children whose billionaire parents were murdered in a dark alley, but he does nothing but exploit these poor kids for his own sick personal game. Gain, excuse me. Signed, someone that always calls a celebrity out by their character's name. (laughs) To put it in the simplest of terms, too much sex and violence and zero fun and thrills is how I describe this movie. I sat down with my family to watch this sequel and found it extremely violent, lewd, and downright nasty. He jokes, if you can call them that, sorry, he jokes, if you can call them that, are funny and are distasteful and obscene. This punctuation is terrible. (laughs) In one scene, for example, the penguin looks at a woman and says, he'd like to fill her void. And in another, he looks at Catwoman and says, she's just the kind of pussy I've been looking for. Signed, a Cub Scout leader about to be caught with oodles of kitty porn on his computer. Oh, my. I knew that was coming. (laughs) Tim Burton, this is one filmmaker I absolutely detest. Why do I say that? He is representative of the breed of filmmakers who value substance, sorry, style over substance. Look at all of his films. Interesting sets, gothic look, very creative and graphic costumes, but zero in storytelling. Time was when a movie was supposed to tell a story, not put up a fashion show with a gothic or whatever theme. In fact, unlike many, I actually prefer the third and fourth Batman films over the first two by Burton. At least the two other films, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, were silly and campy and fun. Tim Burton's first two Bat films were largely unsavory, to say the least. Signed, The Ghosts of Joel Schumacher and Bruce Falanche. <laughs> Last one, and this is always my favorite. You know those bags that they put on police horses to catch poop? Well, it caught this one. <laughs> Mike Price, I want to hear your Simpsons movie story. I wrote that down to make sure I didn't oh, forget. Oh, well, uh, I mean, yeah, here's Humble Brack. So, so, you know, I helped write, I worked on the movie just a small amount. Me and a couple of guys helped. We, we just worked on some, like, spare jokes while they were working on the, on the main movie. But anyway, it was fun. So the movie comes out. Again, this is about my son who was traumatized by up. Um, he was little then. He was 10 years old when the movie came out. So uh, he did not like going to movie theaters because it was too noisy and, you know, and it was too crazy. So he liked going to the drive-in. So there was a drive-in near here that we went to and on the opening weekend of the Simpsons and we get to the drive-in and it's showtime and there's a big line of cars getting in. And I go to, you know, one for the Simpsons movie, please. And the kid working the box office says, sorry, it's all sold out. And I'm like, oh, oh, man, oh, shoot, really? He's like, sorry, sold out with capacity. So I never do this. I absolutely never, ever do this. But I go, <laughs> look, I never do this. But, you know, I'm a writer on the show, on The Simpsons, and I help write this movie, you know. And he goes, well, you should be happy that it sold out. Like, so, <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't give me shit. So, uh, so, then, uh, so then we're like, uh, 
So we bought tickets for something else, whatever else was playing there. It was like a fourplex. And I told my son, like, don't worry about it. So I bought a ticket for whatever else it was. And then I drove in and still drove into where the Simpsons movie was going to be. And then a guy came by in a golf cart and, and basically kicked us out. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the guy who sold you the ticket had the same voice as the, uh, the fast food worker. Sorry, sir. We're all sold out. <laughs> the squeaky voice teen. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'd, be much, remi- yeah so. I'd be remiss if I didn't drop that one there. God this damn it. Anyway. I know it sucked for you, but I give that kid a lot of credit. I know. He didn't, give a, he didn't give a crap that I was uh, some Hollywood asshole. He didn't so, even try uh, looking you up. I mean, this is what, oh, nine, ten? Uh, oh, uh, seven. Seven. I mean, he had smartphones yeah. in, right? I mean, if you had, but yeah, I don't sure, think he could look me up. I God just say, Google me. Google me. You Do you know who I, I mean, am? Yeah, he's a ticket please. taker at a drive-in movie theater. He's not doing any research. Here, that'd be funny as hell. He goes, you know, I just turned away 10 minutes ago. Tom Hanks, fuck him too. The lot's full. And he's in the Simpsons movie. I know he is. No special treatment for anyone. That's right. That's any right. other Simpsons stories you care to share? I'm dying to know a lot of the. And I read Mike Rice's book, which is a fucking riot from start oh, to finish. Yeah, so funny. Mike is great. I love Mike. No, nah, just you know, we just uh, well, we're all working remotely now, so we're 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 doing our writers' room the way we're doing this today on Zoom. So uh, we're still moving along and making shows for next year, and uh, we're still going strong. Were you there? Awesome. Or, were you there in the old days? Well, the old days. I mean, three months ago, four months ago, when the celebrity would have to come in and do the voices. Were you there to just for notes and to, uh, you know do script changes on the fly, or are we there uh, after you left for the day? Uh, what do you mean? I'm sorry. Uh, so were you there when the celebrities had to record their voices for yeah, the Yeah, I've been there for some. I mean, I got to, that's one of the great things is that I, occasionally I get to travel to meet, to meet some people who are like celebrity voices on the show. So like John Stewart did an episode that I wrote. So then they flew me out to New York and oh, I wow. to go and meet him and record him in this little sound booth at the Daily Show that they used to record the voiceover. So, uh, you know, I'm a pretty big guy and uh, it was this like room like the size of like like a phone booth, but it's a little bigger than a phone booth. So I was recording him and that was fun. And people like that. So yeah, it's, it's, that's one of the great things is when the, the celebrities come in and you get to meet them. Well, it's funny. Mike said in his book, he said the biggest pain in the ass who actually didn't do it was Oprah, which I thought of it. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know about that. Yeah. I wasn't around yeah. for the, I, I joined, I mean, I've been there almost 20 years, but I joined in season 13 or 14. So wow, it's crazy. Who are your favorite ones? And I guess for, I don't know, favorite voices and the biggest pain in the asses, if you don't mind. Oh, you mean for uh, to record uh, yeah. celebrities? Well, the biggest uh, there's no I can't say anybody was a was a giant pain in the ass. Uh, but uh, for me, I'm a, I was originally a theater major, so for me, the biggest one was uh, Stephen Sondheim, who I wrote an episode again that he was in. So I got to go to New York. No, oh, that's cool. And wow. get a fly to New York and then meet him and and see him play the piano and do a little bit and work with him. So that was that was amazing. And and awesome. John Stewart, that was pretty great too. And some baseball. I'm a big baseball fan, so we had some baseball people. We had Mike Stosha, and uh, uh, just recently we did like a little promo with all the people that are on the Fox, uh, like Frank Thomas and um, A-Rod, and uh, uh, I forget who else does the Fox the Fox baseball pre. Yeah, yeah, Pedro's on there. Yeah, those guys. That was fun. We, I know this is an early one, so I, I, I don't think you were. You were on the, the, the episode where it was Mattingly and Sachs and Ozzie Smith and Canseco. And, no, uh, and Griffey Jr. God, I fucking love that. Mattingly, shave those sideburns in the Yankees. Yeah, I love that. I love oh that. My God. That's a great a, episode. Oh, my God. And a Daryl Strawberry, too. So I yep. remember, like, the thing where he's crying over them saying, Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. My brother was a Met fan. So whenever he was, so the, he, I, oh God, he must have been like eight or nine. So when Daryl was crying in The Simpsons, he goes, ah, see? 
Screw the meds. That's hilarious. Kevin Israel, did Mike Price gut the sacred cow? You know, um, I'm going to give it to him. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to him. I, I, I think I'm being a little bit soft because I was so affected by my second watching of the movie. <laughs> but I think uh, – and I'm not happy about it, by the way. I'm not happy that he got this one because uh, this movie was, was, a, was a big part of my, uh, my teenage years. And, uh, and I now have to go back and rethink everything that I hold dear. So, uh, so fuck you, Mike Price. <laughs> but, uh, go watch it up again. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? I actually will thank you for that because I'd never seen it before. I love it. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, okay. But yeah, you know what? This movie, uh, this movie ended up being a bigger disaster than I remembered, and I think it was, uh, it was just, it was kind of, it, it, it was, it was sitting out in the sun for a while. It was already, uh, it was already woozy, and Mike came along and kicked it in the head and killed it. So, uh, so I think I'd say he got this one. Yeah, I think what happened was the state trooper came by and clipped it with his rear rear wheel. As he went over to go try and drag the cow off the uh, highway and throw it into a in a in a ditch or whatever, cow was moving a little bit, just barely. And he said, "You know what? I'm not going to milk you. I'm just going to put one right in your brain." Pow. Good night. Took the bell off and ran away. That's what happened. This film did not hold up. And you're right. Nope. Same thing with me. I remember liking it. It's like that's good. I like it. It's, it's decent. And I said, son of a bitch, it's going to be a long time before I watch this again. It's, yeah, it's, it was rough. It's a rough watch. Mike, uh, Mike Price, where can we see you again besides The Simpsons? And, of course, the new season, F is for Families, coming out too, correct? It's already out. It's on Netflix right now. Season four is on Netflix now and uh, all four seasons. And uh, we're hoping to find out soon if we get a fifth season. So we've got our fingers crossed. But so far, it's been going good. And, yeah, The Simpsons will be coming out. Our new shows will be coming out again in September. Awesome. Anywhere else you want to plug, shout out, social media, anything? Uh, yeah, my social media, my, my Twitter uh, handle is Mike Price in LA. And then if you're into Ephesus Family, I also maintain kind of an Ephesus Family account, which is FIFF Netflix, where we just basically uh, sometimes answer a lot of questions. I'm also, if you like Ephesus Family, uh, I'm, I'm on the Reddit, the Netflix Ephesus Family uh, subreddit a lot. If you, ask, if you want to know anything about the show, you can ask me questions there. Wow, that is a brutally honest forum right there. Yeah, you're not, <laughs> nobody pulls punches there. No. That is It's a good group so far. So far. Then it, be tur- then it turns Shawshank Redemption real fucking fast on you when the, when the fresh fish come in that room. <laughs> Here come the sisters in the shower. <laughs> Mike Price, this has been an absolute joy. And again, as a Simpsons fan since, goddamn, was that 1989? Yeah, wow, this is huge. So thank you again for joining. Yeah, thanks for coming out. on, Mike. Oh, yeah. Kevin thank Israel. You. Kevin, where can we find you, of course? Uh, you know, some comedy work is starting to trickle in. Got a couple outdoor shows coming up. So uh, check me on social media, Kevin Israel, across the board on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, uh, and you can always get my album, The Struggle is Real, uh, on iTunes and everywhere else you get audio stuff. KevinGoatee.com, not much going on there because this fucking pandemic and there's been no uh, new movies to review. But for other stuff that we have seen, you can hear Kevin and I, see Kevin and I's thoughts on GuttingTheSacredCow.com, movies that we've recently seen, movie sequels that we'd like to see, quotes of the week. That's become our everyone's fast and favorite quotes. Yeah, of the week. I know. Everyone loves getting involved. Yeah, they love saying, well, why have you done this one? I go, slow down. It's only week number two of implementing it. <laughs> we'll get to the good shit. So, and of course, our list of 10. Every week we do a list of 10 th- things. Uh, what was this past week? Uh, 10 baddest villains, you know, baddest asses villains yeah. of all time. 
solid. CuttingTheSacredCow.com. Again, please leave us a review. Please, please, please. It helps. Share with a friend. Like us. Share us on social media. We need it. Believe me, it helps. And if you're looking to advertise, CuttingTheSacredCow at Hotmail.com for, uh, to sponsor your business or products, and we'd love to do so. But Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, thanking Michael Price yet again for coming on Gutting the Sacred Cow. Boys and girls, we'll see you next time. Take care.